Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. What does it mean when a company's share price falls to cheap prices and executive insiders don't buy more? My question is, how much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? I had a question about Dutch Bros. It's going to be a new IPO. And provides unbiased answers. I think the bet on the raw materials that go into electric cars are going to be far better than the electric car producers. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, March 15th, 2022 edition of Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I look forward to this hour with you and hearing your finance and investment questions and giving you straight, unbiased answers. And we know that this is a volatile time, and there's a lot to consider a lot more than you typically uh, have to deal with. Uh, We haven't had a large-scale war uh, for a long period of time, at least one that was creating uh, a lot of economic impact. Because that's really the most uh, important aspect of this for your portfolio. Headlines are one thing. Human loss, that's obviously terrible. But the human loss, unfortunately, doesn't particularly have an impact on the market, medium to long term. What does have an impact, though, is what economic costs there are. And that's what you always have to consider. So No matter what you're seeing in the headlines, no matter what type of emotions it might bring out of you, the most important aspect is always how will this impact your portfolio? At least that's when you're making your portfolio decisions. We obviously know, like I said, the the human cost is terrible. But how does this change your strategy? How do you apply your strategy in this new market regime? Now, tomorrow is Fed Day, and that brings another potential curveball. And I'm going to remind you going into this is that it's not about what they do tomorrow. Where do you know what they're going to do tomorrow? They basically already pre-announced it a couple of weeks ago. They're going to raise a quarter point. It's not news. It's not what will move the market at all. That's already moved the market. Well, move the market is, how are they speaking about inflation pressures? How are they speaking about economic activity? About their approach towards towards future policy decisions? 
those will be the market moving events and words and signals. And so when you get the news tomorrow, make sure you keep that perspective. Okay. Now on this podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success. So no matter what I'm speaking about, the market as a whole, a, a process explanation, commentary on a particular stock or a sector or a strategy, I'm here to present it all without bias. Just give you the facts as I see them in front of me and using my over 20 plus years of investment experience. So I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions right now during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time or if you're listening after hours, which most of you probably are, you can leave a question or anytime voice bank. Either way, the number never changes. It's 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hello, Justin and Steve. This is Tony from Louisville. I was wondering if I could sneak two oversold stocks into one question. Are these good buys at today's prices? One ticker symbol is PPC for Pilgrim's Pride Corporation and the other is HD for Home Depot. Hey, thanks for all you guys do. Bye. All right. PPC and Home Depot, two very different companies. Pilgrim's Pride would be a producer of fresh chicken and prepared chicken here in the U.S., Mexico, Puerto Rico. And I think a big reason for the reason, a big reason why it has dropped recently is because of their, what they need to Feed the chickens. If wheat prices are going up, corn prices are going up because of uh, the war, then that's certainly going to impact their profits, impact their margins. And I think that's what has uh, really hurt Pilgrim's Pride over uh, the near term. That being said, earnings expectations for next year still remain at an all-time high. Uh, and same with, uh, with this year, just below that all-time high, $2.73 a share. Now trading at $22. So talking about a, a nine forward P ratio, that's pretty good. Uh, so that's pretty cheap. Also, you still need, still need it. People are going to pay up. Now they may switch from chicken to another type of protein, but typically chicken is the cheaper of the protein. China's having issues with pork, swine flu. And so I don't see really the end demand for chicken being impacted that much. And I think there will still, they still will remain uh, very profitable, have uh, probably better margins than the market is expecting. So I'm going to give this one more of a thumbs up compared to Home Depot. That one's down and it's not trading at a cheap multiple at this point. Still trading at roughly 20 times forward uh, earnings, which is a bit more than the market. And smack dab in the middle of its five-year P range. And as the cost of borrowing to refinance your home goes up, that means more less cash out refinancings to for for refinance for, for uh, remodeling and the like. And just less consumer spending overall, more, more money going to gas tanks and heating bills, etc. And so I don't think the multiple on Home Depot has come down enough. In fact, technically, it's just consolidating. 
in order to make another move lower. So if I'm picking one or the other, I'm absolutely picking Pilgrim's Pride over Home Depot. Now my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. How could your portfolio be impacted as the Fed shrinks its $9 trillion bond program? The U.S. Central Bank has long used its power as a lender of last resort to add liquidity to markets during times of crises. Could the Fed trigger a recession with raising rates? We're going to talk about that. I also want to touch on stock buybacks. What are those looking like going into this year or I guess through the first quarter of this year? And then we also have the uh, how, how is the EU going to shift its energy policy and what type of cost will that come with? And then is the Ukraine crisis triggering uh, food insecurities in China? What type of impact will this have on the global food supply chain? We're going to look at that as well. Let's take a look at the market today. We had a pretty bullish day. S&P up 89 points, a little over 2%. The NASDAQ actually had a quite the comeback up 367 points, still been the, the weakest index overall, but definitely had uh, an outperformance today, outperformance today. Let me just take a look here. I'm trying to see what that uh, that shift. Yeah, I mean, a little bit outperformance, but still that growth is in a downtrend compared to value. You had a pullback in energy and commodities over the past couple of days, and that's not uncommon in what we call quadruple witching. There's a lot of volatility. Uh, there's uh, things that are oversold tend to get rallies. Things that are overbought tend to get pullbacks. And that's what you've seen this week, during the week of quadruple witching. And which means there's a lot of options and, and um, derivatives expiring at the, end, at the end of this week. And so it's not, shouldn't be shocking to see that pullback in energy, commodities, gold, etc., rallies in the oversold tech names. And that's what you got today. Could we get a little more of that? Sure. But we've had a lot of that over the past couple of trading days. So that's where we're at. Still, market will react the most on what happens tomorrow with the Fed announcement. Now, Steve and I are grateful for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways to find our material and unbiased guidance. One, Invest Talk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following as well. So we're building out more content on those platforms. So go over to YouTube and Instagram and search Invest Talk. Remember, use two T's and tell your friends. The Invest Talk phone lines are open for you now. So give me a call 888 99Chart. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Leo calling from the Philippines. I'm calling about Luke Oil, ticker symbol L-U-K-O-Y. I have this on my watch list and wanted to get your insights on the company and how you think this stock will be performing moving forward amid the current Russian war. Also, if you think the current dip is a good opportunity to add to my portfolio, and uh, or if you would suggest waiting a bit longer to see how it, how it plays out. Also, uh, thanks again for all the knowledge you share, and I'll listen for your response on the podcast. 
All right, looking at Luke Oil, and this is a Russian oil and gas company. And clearly, this is, uh, it's not trading anymore right now, currently. Uh, so that's one problem. Last time it traded, let's see, what day was that? Yeah, the 2nd of March. So you can't buy it anyway. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen? What I, I think this is a, a shift in... To me, this, this war and the sanctions that came so swift and fast and coordinated through not just the US and Canada, uh, but Europe and, 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 and you know, parts of Asia, it's been a sea change. And I don't think we're going back. We have now entered a multipolar world and countries are going to be picking their blocks. Are you going to align your country and your financial system with the West? Or are you going to align it with Russia and their allies? I think this is very similar to when Nixon closed the gold window, it became a very different world from a global financial system backed by gold to fiat. And now we have a bitter battle, not just on the battlefield, but in the financial world as well. And so I think these Russian assets have a high likelihood of being stranded for good, at least from Western investors. You just look what happened with what's happening with the planes. There's something like 500 different planes that are leased by Russian airlines. That need to be returned by the end of the month. Well, what did Putin do? Well, he said that those planes can be basically confiscated by the government. They don't have to be returned. And so you can't go buy Luke oil anyway. And I wouldn't, I don't like the risk. I really don't. Because I think this is something that isn't going to shift anytime soon. Unless there's some sort of regime change in Russia, maybe that wants to that's the wants to align themselves back with uh, the Western world. That's that's a big gamble. So I wouldn't buy it. You can't buy it anyway. Now we have good news for Invest Talk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. We have just posted an all new February Rapid Fire Hour with 23 caller questions. It's available now for free. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes. 
So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Dave in Ohio. He wants to talk about ARKK. You looking to buy it, sell it, short it, take it out into a field and shoot it. Which one is it, Dave? Hey, thanks for uh, all that you do for us. Of course. And uh, I have a small position okay. in uh, ARK Innovations ETF. And I was looking at maybe a long-term play when this thing kind of turns around. Uh-huh. Would you add to it on the dips or just stay clear of it? No, no. I mean, uh, it, it can get some short-term uh, rallies. You know, like I said at the top of the show, we're in uh, quadruple witching, oversold types of positions like the, the names uh, in, in ARKK uh, often do get some some near-term rallies. Uh, but the vast majority of the names in their portfolio continue to lose money. Uh, they trade. It's hard to hard to give them a decent multiple because they're just burning cash and, and their their main business is uh, selling shares. So once again, people are still falling, st- still hoping and dreaming about uh, the, the the quote unquote innovative companies uh, in Arc. Remember, this is a new market regime. This isn't about disruption and what's going to happen five years from now, 10 years from now, which a lot of these companies within their portfolio are aiming for. It's not about today because they're not making profits. It's about the hopes and dreams of the future. Well, when you have inflation, you have crazy high commodity prices, a war, higher interest rates. What does that mean? It means it's about today. It's about now. It's about businesses that produce things today, produce cash flows and profits today. It's not about the future. So from a long-term perspective, absolutely not. From short-term perspective, it is oversold. It is showing some little signs of positivity and, and divergences on the chart, which tells me could get a, a, a bounce. Uh, especially if the Fed has more of a dovish hike. I think that's certainly possible. But no, not a good long-term play. Thanks for the call, Dave. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. How could your portfolio be impacted as the Fed shrinks its $9 trillion bond program? Now, the U.S. Central Bank has long used its power as a lender of last resort to add liquidity to markets during times of distress. And it's more and more using its balance sheet as a policy tool. It used to be raising lowering interest rates. And they're going to raise rates for the first time in many years tomorrow. But that's not their main policy tool anymore. Why? Because their balance sheet is so large. Like I said, almost $9 trillion. So the best way that they can impact liquidity within the system is by allowing that to grow or shrink. When it grows, it pushes investors out towards riskier assets because it pulls safer assets out of the system. So what's doing? It's an asset swap saying, hey, your dollars, we're buying your safer assets, treasuries, mortgage-backed securities. What do investors do with that dollars? Those dollars, they find another place 
typically that place is in a more, in a riskier asset. So that's how it kind of inflates asset prices. Now, the worry is that if you inject too much, that risk-seeking behavior becomes too reckless. And it makes the whole system fragile. And that's the worry. Now, some analysts believe that the Fed has no choice but to raise rates this year and quickly reduce the balance sheet. And the bigger question is, will that set off a sell-off in, in risk assets? Well, you've already had that a bit. And currently, high yield option adjustment spread is over 4%. Now, only 7% of all Fed rate, rate hikes have happened during or when the option adjusted spread on high yield bonds were above 4%. Which means that they're kind of tightening, they're kind of raising rates into tightening financial conditions. And the market or the Fed does not want to break the market. They don't. And they can't really do a whole lot about energy prices and energy supply. They can't go pump oil and natural gas and deliver it to Germany and the countries that need it. They can't do that. Will raising rates impact demand a bit? Sure. Could they really break the market and, 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 and impair Impaired demand globally with a recession, sure, but that creates a whole nother set of problems that are worse. And I said this before, this is more in my mind, like the forties and the fifties where they're going to keep rates low, maybe raise them a little bit, but allow it to be much lower than inflation and try to inflate away the debt. And that's where we're at. So I don't expect them to get too aggressive and break markets. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline. What happens if you and your partner disagree about retirement? That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, 
InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 
Let's go talk to John in Santa Cruz. He wants to talk about SU, which is Suncor. Do you own it or looking to buy it? Yes. Hi, Justin. I'm looking to buy it. Um, okay. And I also wanted to ask you um, if you think this temporary drop in the oil um, is like just noise in the system. Yeah, I, I really do think it is, uh, mainly because I think Putin is he's kind of, uh, in, in poker terms, pot committed, which means that he's already put a lot of effort into uh, this war. And to back out now, uh, seems like a lot of a lot of cost for very little gain. Um, even if they, you know, get parts of uh, eastern Ukraine and and uh, they get uh, they they get what they want from those regions, uh, I think that's not enough. They want all of Ukraine, um, and I think that's the only thing that will probably make it feel like it was worth it. Um, and so I think there's still going to be a push. Uh, and, and clearly their military is not as strong as it as, as they expected it to be. Um, it just means they're going to throw more at this. Um, it's going to be longer, more drawn out and unfortunately bloodier. And that means, uh, all around the world, there will continue to be a shift, uh, an attempted shift at least away from Russian oil and gas, which is going to push prices up globally. Um, you're, you're going to see volatility especially with potential headlines, how the, how, how uh, military campaigns are going, et cetera. And to me, this is a, a buy on the dip type of uh, move right now. All right. Okay. And Suncor is a buy on the dip. Do you think? Yeah, I like Suncor. Uh, we, we, we do have, uh, it is on the, I would say top 10 list of the energy of the oil companies in the world that we like to own. It's not, at the top, but I'd say, yeah, top 10, it's a good company. Uh, we like that there's a lot of leverage to oil price with the Canadian names because their cost of extraction, uh, is typically a bit higher as well as their, their quality of their oil is a little bit lower. So what that means is that in times of stress within the supply, uh, on the supply side, uh, of, of oil, it, they're less picky. People are less picky. Companies are less picky about the quality of the oil that they're that they're getting, and so they're able to extract higher margins than they are typically uh, can. So we like the the Canadian producers. Suncor is second on the list of the Canadian producers that we like. So hope that helps. Now let's fit in an Invest Talk iTunes review question. The Puma Fifty One says, "What would be your short and long term thoughts on WWE?" This is WW. Uh, entertainment world world wrestling entertainment excuse me about a four billion dollar market cap it's been trading in a trading range between 60 and call it 45 50 dollars per share over the past geez year and a half or so um so it's it's consolidating earnings this year expect to be two dollars and fifty cents two dollars and seventy three cents next year 20 times earnings it's a fine business yields 1%. Uh, the chart is extremely neutral. Uh, I don't really have uh, I can't really say a lot positive or, or negative about it. 
um, except for it is into some support right here, short term. So short term, I would be probably a bit bullish. Long term, you know, they have, they have good profitability. The question is, is the product going to remain relevant? If you're going on for a long period of time, uh, I, I used to like it as a kid, uh, obviously as an adult, not so much, but not something that I, I love, but the profitability is, is very good. Their balance sheet is strong. Their cash flow is decent. Um, but it's not cheap. I'll say that. So short term, bullish, long term, neutral. I'll say that. Uh, let's go to Jordan and Dana Point looking at CYR, CYER, excuse me. Is that the symbol? Uh, no, CYBR. There we go. CYBR. CyberArk? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. What do you know yeah. about it? What do you like uh, about it? Why are you thinking about buying it? Oh, no, I already own it. It's done quite well. I'm just wondering if the run is over. It's time to unload it. Okay. CyberArk. This is an Israeli provider of network security software focusing on protecting privileged accounts. Hmm. Yeah, I think your issue here is simply profitability. They were earning $2.77 in 2019. 2020, that dropped to $2.05. 2021, down to 33 cents. This year, so still lose 76 cents and lose 10 cents next year. What's happening with the business? Why are they suddenly losing money? Do you know? I have no idea. I was hoping you could shed some light on that, but um... yeah, I mean, I'd have to dig into this and 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 understand the the trends here. Is that just an accounting metric, or are there actually? Yeah, I mean, cash flow has been dropping as well. 2019, 135 million in free cash flow. 2020, 100. Trailing 12 months, 66 million. So their free cash flow has been cut by two thirds over that time, and analysts are expected that to continue to drop. Uh, operating margins are now negative. Return on equity is now negative. The stock is in a downtrend. I'm not liking this. I'd have to understand exactly why this is happening. Is this kind of a one-off thing? They lose a big client. What is the exact reason? But what I'm seeing on the chart, on the fundamentals, it's looking pretty scary. So uh, I would be, I would be ready to, to sell it unless I really understand this recent drop and that that's going to reverse. Um, but the chart is telling me that that's not the case. So um, I would be looking to sell it. Thanks for the call. 8899 chart, 8899 You have about 15 minutes left in the show to get your call in. So if you're going to do it, you want to do it right now. Let's talk about buybacks. Talk about buybacks. Now, S&P 500 companies have outlined buyback plans valued at $238 billion through the first two months of this year. That's a high point in the history of the S&P at this point in the year. So despite what's happening in global energy markets with geopolitical concerns, with markets dropping, all of these things are not shaking the confidence of companies. They're using these this opportunity to buy back shares and boost their overall profits per share. 
And the leaders of these companies are very confident in their financial position. A lot of them have borrowed a bunch of money over the past couple of years with low interest rates. And now Goldman expects the 2022 buybacks to hit a record $1 trillion, which would represent a 12% increase from last year. Not only that, but it's not just certain companies that are boosting this number. It's the breadth is very wide and it's near historic highs. And the number of active buyback programs are double the typical figure. So some years it's just, Hey, we're, uh, you know, Amazon or Apple. Those are the companies that are announced massive plans because they have the huge amount of cash in their balance sheet, et cetera. And that's boosting the overall number of buybacks. Well, what's interesting about this is that it's pretty broad base. The worry is that they're doing this because they can't find other uses for the, the capital. Right? Capital expenditures, building plants, R&D, boosting worker wages, etc. And that could be at the expense of longer term goals. Certainly that helps short term growth, short term earnings per share growth, etc. But what about long term? And that's the worry. But they do have, like I said, pretty fortress balance sheets because of being able to borrow the past year or so at very low rates. So it's very interesting to see that, that they're, they're, they're confident despite the headlines. They know their business. They know how much this is impacting them. And so far it hasn't shifted the confidence in buying back their own shares, which is obviously a positive for the market as a whole. Now we've started the third trading week of March and the first quarter of 2022 is rapidly coming to a close. Pretty crazy, right? And I think it's worth taking a minute to make you uh, aware of some of the benefits of working with myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KP Financial, based in Irvine, California, where we practice parallel investing. And we operate with the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting or send us a message through investtalk.com. Or call our KPP Financial Office at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way. This is Invest Talk. Steve and I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about us. We'll take another caller question next, so hang on. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Steve in Toronto. He wants to talk about Facebook. Oh, Sid, I'm sorry. Sid from Toronto. He wants to talk about Facebook. 
Hey, uh, Justin, good evening. Thanks for taking the call and thanks for giving all these educations through this show, newsletters, and, and, and on the website. Facebook, I have a very small position, but uh, it's being down. And, uh, of course, the sentiments are negative. But what do you think for the long term? Will this go up and is this a good price to add more? Well, Facebook is down about, let's see. 50% from its 52 week high. And the problem with Facebook is that it is a dying platform. Uh, and even Instagram is now seeing their activity drop a bit for the first time. And that was the one thing that was kind of saving their bit, their, the, I think their, their multiple was that, hey, yes, Facebook is had waning uh, engagement for a long period of time. And but but Instagram was always its saving grace. And that's no longer the case. And so now it's a business that is overall in decline. And it's shifted to its name, which is meta platform, right? The metaverse, uh, they changed the name of Oculus, which I think was a bad move. And the big that's, that's, that's a that's a tough thing to, 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 to hang your hat on is the metaverse and it's unproven and you're not going to get high multiples for unproven businesses this year earnings are supposed to drop 10 percent from last year from 13 dollars and 77 cents to 12 dollars and 38 cents so what's multiple what multiple do you put on a shrinking business making 12 dollars per share do you put a 15 multiple on it probably too high that's almost a market multiple it's shrinking probably should be 10 maybe 12 at best. So that gives it much more downside. And I would not, I, this is not an area that I would buy it. It's, uh, it still has $522 billion market cap and it's now uh, shrinking. So, no, I definitely pass on it. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto and let's talk about 529 plans. Yeah, hey, how are you doing today? Good. Good, good. So with with the drop in the market, and I haven't even looked at my son's statement yet for his 529, let's say it dropped 20%. Would it be possibly a smart move to move that to my younger son's 529 and just pay for my older son's college, which I can afford right now? Hmm. That's an interesting strategy. Uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, the, the market's down, but it's not down that much. Um, you know, you're, you're, right. you're right. kind of timing, but like you said, if you can afford it and you want to apply that towards, uh, your, 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 your younger son, I see no reason you shouldn't, you know, I, I see no problem with that. Um, and gives your, gives that money longer to, to grow tax free. And so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good idea. Thanks for the call, Jerry. 888 chart, 888 Now, that's interesting about the 529 plans. Yeah, you, you can shift who the beneficiary is of that 529 plan. So if your child doesn't go to college, uh, you can shift it to a different child or a niece or nephew. 
Um, and it can actually be applied now to trade schools and things beyond just normal universities. So that's always that, that's good that that, that changed uh, a few years ago. Um, and I want to talk. Uh, <clears throat> I want I want you to notice something about the calls on the show. Go back and look at the tickers: Facebook, Arc, cybersecurity companies. Got one oil call, but the majority are still tech related. Take note of that. Okay, we're heading to our final break. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve or Justin. Recently, I've been looking to uh, diversify my portfolio a little bit into the real estate area. I don't have any exposure to real estate right now in the market. I know real estate is a little overvalued right now. It might be due for a pullback, but I've been wondering about a couple stocks. They're actually REIT in the self-storage industry. One of those stocks is Life Storage, ticker symbol LSI. The other one is CubeSmart, ticker symbol C-U-B-E. I wondered if you might tell me which one might be a better value, or maybe I'm not looking in the right place at all. Either way, uh, if you could look at those two and let me know, that would be great. Thank you. All right, looking at Life Storage and Cube Smart, LSI and CUBE. And if you're trying to gain exposure to real estate, the Self-storage area is historically a very profitable place to invest. Now, the question is, is after this large run in both LSI and CubeSmart. I mean, LSI back in uh, March of 2020, it was trading in the 40s. Now it's at $130 per share. Cube was trading in the high teens, now it's at $49 per share. So it's had a large run even after this uh, this recent pullback. Cube is about 14% off its 52-week high and LSI is about 16% off its 52-week high. But LSI still trades at a 26 times multiple, whereas Cube trades at about a 23. But LSI does have a bit better growth overall. So that's that's what you're looking at. You're going to pay that higher multiple for that better growth. Now, longer term, let's take a look at which one has more consistent profitability. And I would say overall, that's going to be LSI. So while you might pay a higher multiple, you're getting a better run, REIT, that has better growth. And so if I'm picking one or the other, I'm probably going to go with LSI, to be honest with you. Even though you are paying a higher multiple, getting a little bit lower yield, I like the one that's a better run. So I think you're looking in a good area. Um, I would say both are, though, both aren't cheap. So I will say that both are not on the cheap side after this run 
but I'm picking one or the other. And if I'm not going to get a bargain, I'm going to, I'm going to want the one that is run best. And that is LSI. Thanks for the call. Let's talk about how Europe is going to shift away from Russian energy. Now they plan to cut its reliance on Russian gas by two thirds just this year, but it's going to come at a price and they have a road map to end its dependence completely on Russian fuel by 2027. And there are many ways that they're planning to do that. Now, current annual run rate of gas imports from Russia of 155 billion cubic meters. And they want to cut that by to 55 billion by next year. Now, about 10 billion is going to be sourced from existing pipelines, Norway, Algeria, Azerbaijan, etc. But they will need to buy about five times that amount in LNG, liquefied natural gas. The problem is that they don't have any LNG terminals, even though they're planning to build two, but that will take years to build. And currently, the LNG terminals are in Spain, France, Italy, and they're going to have to pay a fee to kind of go through those countries. Now, Europe imports a ton of LNG uh, in the first two months of this year. They've already done that, but it's been a very expensive to win that much supply. There are only so many LNG ships in the world, LNG export facilities. And a lot of that historically has gone to Asia, especially China. But in January and February, Europe's been kind of stealing a lot of that LNG supply. And there's kind of a bidding war going on. And so <clears throat> that's, that's one thing. Another will be demand destruction. Naturally, uh, when prices go up, it's uneconomical to produce certain raw materials, certain products at higher energy prices. So that's going to be another way that they're, uh, there's going to be uh, lower, uh, they're going to wean themselves off. And so it's going to cost Europe a lot, both economically to governments, consumers and companies and environmentally as well. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for tuning in. And we do keep track of our download numbers. We've already achieved more than 39.5 million podcast downloads thanks to you. You can get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review. And your positive re reviews help raise our profile and spread the word. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.